Today's show is brought to you by Of A Kind, an online shop for emerging design. For more information, visit ofakind.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today I'm coming to you from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to the show live every Thursday at 11 a.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes. For today's show, I wanted to look back a bit and revisit some topics that we've talked about before, but update them for the changing online community. About a year ago, Amy and I did a radio show together about finding your voice. We primarily geared the show towards blogging and finding resources that would set you apart. But the online game has changed quite a bit. Readers no longer come to blog homepages to find their information. They curate their own feeds, and they read through content on social media channels and maybe an occasional RSS feed. But for the most part, they have a wealth of options, so it's much more important to stand apart and not just provide exciting information, but provide a variety of consistent but specialized content for each platform. So for today's show, I'm going to tackle three different topics. First, how to find and rediscover your voice. Two, how to translate that voice into a consistent visual presence and voice. And then how to vary your content from channel to channel to keep readers interested and engaged in all of your content. The first thing to tackle is really about finding and rediscovering your voice. So whether or not you're doing this for the first time or this is something you're doing again and again every year to stay in touch with what's important to you, I find the easiest thing to do is to ask yourself a series of questions. And those questions are really about getting at the heart of what you care about and what's important to you. And these are the five questions I ask myself. The first one is, what makes you happy? The second is, what makes you angry? The third is, what inspires you to do something? And then, what are you most proud of? And the last one is, what comes most naturally to you? The answers to these questions are the things that are going to help you find your voice and find not just what you're passionate about, but what really sets you apart. And these days, nothing is more important than finding those key elements that show people what's different about you, your voice, and what you believe in than the other people that they're going to see flooding all of their different feeds. So it's important to address these questions in the beginning, obviously. Um, But it's also just as important to revisit and re-answer these questions as you go along because you and your voice are going to grow and they're going to change time goes by. And so these are just really great touchstones to revisit as you get older and as your business grows. And I think there's something underneath all of these questions that's really important to think about. It's really good to keep in mind that when you're finding your voice, you're really not trying or you're to find the voice that's anything other than your own. You're really not trying to find what's most popular or what's most on trend. You're trying to find the most authentic and accurate version of your voice at this time. Why? Because you're not trying to get everyone in the world to follow you. For starters, that's impossible. But also, what you're really trying to do is find the people who share your views, your values, and your interests. That's how you build a supportive community and a community of people who, you know, don't who know who you are and they're coming because they love you. They're not coming because you're hitting on all of the latest trends, all of the latest buzzwords. Instead, you're building a community and a support system of people who really care about the things you care about. And of course, there are going to be minor differences of opinions and people are going to have new things you haven't heard about in that community. But what's happening is you're building up 
a supportive community of people who understand the same things you do and they view the world the way you do. And it can seem appealing to try to grab everyone out there and bring them over to your platform. But it becomes trickier when you have a large, large, large amount of people reading because they're coming from all different walks of life. And it's much more difficult to sort of get your message across to those people than it is to just really find your core group of people. So just keep in mind that you're not looking for everyone to read your blog. You're just looking for the people who believe what you believe and who resonate the same things with you and in the way that you see the world. The second thing I want to talk about is how you translate your voice into a consistent visual presence and a consistent voice. Why is this important? First, if you like it or not, the online community and not just the online art and design community, every online community is an increasingly visual one. All of the quickly growing online platforms are moving straight towards giving people more room to share and customize photos and images rather than more room for text. So while it's increasingly important to show people, you know, what you have to say and how your voice is important, it's even more valuable to show people what your visual representation of that is. And this is important for you because it teaches you the common string that runs between your content and how you hold on to that and stay true to it. So how do you find that visual string? I think there are two really important things to do. And the best news is they're both free and they're both easy to do. The first thing you want to do is start a Pinterest account and create a pin board. Now, if you're not familiar with Pinterest, Pinterest is just simply a platform that is free and lets you create sort of online scrapbooks of images that you either upload or find elsewhere on the internet and sort of curate them based on themes. I always suggest that in order for, to find your consistent aesthetic, you want to create a couple different folders. Create a folder of photography, a folder of graphics and text, and this can be literally just like beautiful graphic representations or fonts, or it can be actual sayings and inspirational quotations you find. A folder of people that inspire you, places, patterns, colors, or color palettes. And I think these are very interesting and very quick ways to sort of look at consistently the things that you really love, things you're drawn to, and things that inspire you. I do this every couple of years. And even though I'm somebody who works in sort of an aesthetics business, I find that the older you get and the more that you see out there, your aesthetic is changing without you really realizing it. And if you don't take a chance to kind of update and really group these things together, your aesthetic gets a little muddied. And that comes across to an audience, even in the most subtle of ways. And when you're dealing with a community where there's so many options for people to read and for things to buy, you really want to be able to stand out as someone who has a clear and consistent vision. So start by creating those Pinterest boards. The next thing is, is a bit more sort of esoteric and emotional, but equally important. And that's to create an actual mood board or vision board. And this you're doing in person with your own two hands. You're not using Pinterest for this. And I've talked about vision boards on Design Sponge um, and on the radio show a bunch of times. And vision boards are basically, they sound a little hokey, but they're very, very helpful. You're going to take a piece of poster board or foam core, anything like that. And what you're going to do is just grab a stack of magazines or any other sort of visual material that you don't feel bad about cutting out and pasting onto the board. And without thinking about it, you're going to go through pages and pages of catalogs or magazines or anything else you can get your hands on and just start tearing out and cutting things that sort of call to you. You don't have to think about why they're calling to you. You don't need to start it with sort of a predestined idea of what you're going to be cutting out. What you're doing is just pulling things that sort of grab your eye or grab your attention for a minute. Cut them all out and then put them in front of you on the board and then start pasting them or taping them into place in 
areas and ways that feel right to you. And don't overthink this. I find that they are most successful when there's so much less thought and more just sort of responding to your gut level feeling about the way this image interacts with another one or maybe a way a phrase you've cut out interacts with the picture. Glue them all together and then sit back and look at them. I find what you're discovering is you find your overall goals and hopes very quickly. And I've done this a few times now, and I know it sounds like a little out there and like woo-woo and all that sort of stuff, but it's actually incredibly helpful. And I found that a lot of times when people are trying to plan for their business, they really stay in these very cerebral sort of, you know, clear, like professional places when they're trying to plan. But it's totally okay to let your brain and sort of the emotional part of you get involved in the planning of your business. So you're creating pin boards and then you're going to create vision boards. And what you're going to get out of that is a very clear visual representation of the things that you care about, what's exciting to you, how you're defining your personal style, and then also what your goals are. And it can just be for a year. You don't have to plan out the five years of your business and what's going to be important to you. What you really need to focus on is how these plans are going to help you coordinate your message to everyone out there listening. Now, the third thing to think about is how you're going to create all of this different content from channel to channel in order to keep your readers interested and engaged in everything that you have to say. Now, before I dive into all of these, because there are a lot of platforms that anyone online has to deal with these days, I want to sort of get out a caveat, which is all of these things are incredibly important to do if you're somebody who wants to run an online business of any sort, or if you want to have an online component to your brick and mortar business. But none of them are 100% necessary. There are plenty of examples of wonderful businesses that do not have an Instagram feed or do not have a Twitter feed or don't use YouTube. And that's completely okay. But these radio shows and everything that I'm about is all about giving you every possible tool for success. So please don't take this as something that you have to do. And that if you don't do one of these, your business is somehow going to fail or that your blog will fail. But they're really just all of these different avenues that give you a place to find your voice and find a way to express it that's most comfortable and most authentic for you. So after the break, I'm going to go through every single platform that's out there, the things that are wonderful about it, and how you can use that channel to express yourself most comfortably. So stay tuned, and I'll be right back. Interested in emerging design? Check out Of A Kind, a site that sells the pieces and tells the stories of up-and-coming makers. The site has featured over 200 designers and offers limited edition pieces you can't find anywhere else, along with the studio tours, travel guides, even recipes from the designers. To find out more, head to ofakind.com and sign up for the site's newsletter. Hey, welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney. And today I'm talking about finding and refinding your voice, not just for the start of your business, but for the changing online community. So let's think about this whole show is sort of about finding your voice for 2014, because the way things go with the online community these days, everything is changing rapidly. So I really want to update the way that I've talked about finding your voice in years past. Before the break, I was talking about questions to ask yourself that'll help you find and rediscover your voice and how to turn that voice into a visual representation that you can then share with people and all of the social platforms that are huge today. So I want to run down what the platforms are that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about blogs. We're going to talk about Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, 
and Foursquare. I'm going to break them all down and talk about why they're important and why they're great options for you. You don't have to try all of them, but I think if you're someone who's interested in being an active member of the online community, having a presence in all of these different places and having a presence that's a little bit different is important. Before we dive in, I want to explain why it's important to have a slightly different presence. I find every time that I talk about this, people who are already doing it immediately nod their head and understand why it's important to have something a little bit different on all of these channels. And people who haven't done it yet kind of roll their eyes and groan and go, oh my God, that's so much different content to have to create for so many different platforms. But I find if you think about it less of like a chore and more of an opportunity to really find different ways to express your voice and even learn new things and meet new people, it becomes much more of an interesting open door and much less of a to-do list that you have to check off. So as we go through the platforms, just keep in mind, if these are things that sound interesting and exciting to you, then dive into them. If it doesn't sound exciting to you in the least bit, then just put it on a list for later. You definitely don't have to do every single one of these. So to start, I want to talk about blogging really quickly. This is obviously something that I think most people are very familiar with by 2014. But there are a couple things to think about when expressing yourself and finding your voice for 2014 and this sort of new online community that are important. The first is every blog has to be mobile friendly. And I totally fought this for years, but it's incredibly important. And you know, it's important when Facebook redesigns everything and makes their layout really boring and really simple, but they do that for the reason that it's mobile friendly. Everyone is using mobile applications, whether they're reading on their smartphone, reading on a tablet. Um, Everybody's trying to consume content in a way where it is visually stripped down a bit and much more about the photos and just small bits of text that are being shared. So if you have a blog that's incredibly complicated and that isn't easily translated into someone's smartphone or into somebody's tablet, keep that in mind. These days, I feel like every blog redesign, and including us, we're working on the same thing, a redesign that's more of like a make under than a make over. That's the reason. Everybody is trying to move into something that's simple and easy to digest no matter where you are and how you're reading something. So if you're starting a blog for the first time, it's great. It means you don't have to invest in something incredibly complicated and customized with all these texture and different layers of things. You can kind of keep things stripped down or script down and simple because people are just going to be seeing the images. They're really not going to be seeing your homepage as often as they used to. For that reason, it's also incredibly important to integrate every different social channel that you're participating on into your main page. What does that mean? That basically means use every widget available from all the social channels. They give you all those things. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're going to give you very quick, easy widgets to install into your blog that make it easy for readers to see what the address for all of your different social presences is, and then also what you've updated there lately. So if someone's logging onto your blog for the first time or for the 10,000th time, they're going to be able to see, oh, look, this person's also updating in these five different places and there's content here that I'm not seeing on this main blog. Or it also just gives them a way to see that you have an interest in other things that you're not posting just on the main site. Now, I used to think of this as sort of a watering down of a voice and I thought, well, this seems bad to have all these different places people can get different types of content. But online readers have proven just through their traffic and the way you can track them with simple statistic trackers, people actually want lots and lots and lots more content. The online community is so hungry for information and different types of it, they don't care if you offer them 10 different things. What they do care about is that they can easily pick out who you are in each of those channels. So that's why we're really stressing consistency here. So you're going to integrate social, you're going to make your site mobile friendly, The last thing you want to do is think of your blog as a place where you can offer a grab bag of different types of content. 
if you think about social platforms like Twitter and Instagram, you really only have one level of content you can give people. It's quick. It's like a bite-sized thing. It's a little bit of like candy content. It's short. It's a picture. It's maybe like a tagline or even just a hash hashtag of some sort, but you're not giving anybody really in-depth content. There's not a lot of audio. There's not like a huge essay, but people still want to read things like that. They just want to be able to control when and how they read it. So think of your blog as the place where deeper, richer, longer content can live, but you also want to show people in that platform that you're also offering sort of smaller bite-sized things. So your blog is sort of the folder where everything lives. So that's what to keep in mind when you're talking about blogging. The next thing I want to talk about is Instagram. And the reason I want to talk about Instagram and the reason I seem to always talk about Instagram these days is that it is such a quickly growing platform for not just the creative community, but every community. It's huge for food people. It's huge for writers. Um, It's become so fascinating because people are finding ways to express themselves visually, even if they're not somebody who works in a visual medium per se. And I think the reason this is so important is that it's a wonderful place to test out what people like from your brand and from your voice visually. Now, that may seem sort of difficult to connect initially if you're someone who writes or you're somebody who has like a radio show where you're worried so much with your voice and your written word, but it's actually pretty easy to translate those things into a visual form. I find that if you're somebody working with text, something that's become incredibly successful for Instagram as well as um, a platform like Pinterest is to come up with sort of simple visual images. And that can be a simple graphic that's just text. Maybe your text is laid over some sort of beautiful photograph or your text has some sort of fade and it's coloring. Use that simple text like a pull quote from something you've written or something you've said and post that on Instagram. It is text, but it's also a very simple visual representation of what you're doing. So Instagram is becoming this tool to make sort of a snapshot of what you do. And it's not just a snapshot. It's not just some sort of quick off the hip thing. Instagram has become a place where people really invest in photography. They think about composition. They think about color. They think about pattern. And it's not a very quick sort of off the the cuff thing. It really is planned out. And I'm finding that most bloggers are kind of reinvesting in learning photo tools and learning to take better photographs because the Instagram community, especially those people participating in the even smaller subset of the Visco cam um, community, those people really, really care about the way the photographs look. And they're not updating 20 times a day. They may just update once a day, but it's going to be a beautiful photo where they've thought about the composition and the layout and thought about the way the light is hitting something. So when you're expressing yourself here, try to find a way that expresses yourself visually. And then also really think about that visual because that visual is sort of the one little thing that is representing everything you're saying. So don't feel the need to update a million times here. Just feel the need to really think about how that visual comes across and how it best represents your voice. I think Instagram is also a really great place to experiment with content that is unique to this platform. I've been playing around with creating sort of short videos, sort of slash slideshow things that have little quick songs attached to them. And I find that they're a fun way to give people a peek into something that maybe lives in its full form over on your blog or over on another platform. And even if you're running a magazine or something where you have printed content, Instagram is a great way to sort of preview that content in a creative way. So people get a little taste of it, but then also get the information that it's available in full form somewhere else. So keep that in mind. The next thing I want to talk about is Twitter. Interestingly, research is kind of showing that Twitter is something that's maybe not picking up as a traffic driver in the same way that it used to be in terms of driving traffic back to your homepage. But 
it is a really great place to just share inspirational things. And one thing that's so important for your voice is that your voice isn't important just to promote whatever your main project is. Your voice is important in terms of showing who you are as a full person with many different interests and many different inspirations. I think Twitter these days is most successful when it's used to share short, inspirational, even like quippy little bits of information that pertain to things you're interested in, but maybe aren't directly tied to your main project, whether that's a store or a product line or a blog, whatever it is. This is a great place to just show who you are, what you think is exciting or funny or interesting. And if you happen to have any sense of humor or a humorous writer, Twitter has become sort of the go-to platform for anybody who's funny. You don't have to be a comedian, but if you feel like you want to kind of be a bit more casual and a bit more loose and open and funny with your audience, this is a great place to do it. You have 140 characters. You have a little bit of information to play with in terms of a visual because you can upload a picture, but this is a place where you can be funny. Just keep in mind that if that's not naturally how your voice is if you're not somebody who's naturally sort of funny and sarcastic and 140 characters you don't need to do that i definitely don't have the ability to do that so i leave twitter as a place where i can just share sort of inspirational things that i think are cool or funny or interesting from other people's sites so let's talk about facebook a little bit facebook is really interesting because i find most people in the creative community aren't connecting with facebook or sort of don't get it in the same way that they get instagram and pinterest and and other platforms because it's not as sort of naturally visual, although people are obviously using it to upload tons and tons of photos. So that photo connection and the emotional story behind it is something I think runs through every Facebook feed. People sort of feel comfortable to be incredibly personal, to tell longer stories, to link and reply to other people in a way that they don't seem to do on other platforms. So Facebook is a great place to sort of give yourself a voice if you're someone who has a real emotional and sort of storytelling element to your voice. If that's not something that comes naturally to you, then don't push it and don't worry about that medium right now. But if you're somebody who feels like the other platforms like Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest aren't personal enough for you, Facebook is a great place to really let yourself go, talk about the emotional things behind something you've created, talk about the family history. All those things resonate very strongly on Facebook. And the other wonderful thing about Facebook is Facebook has a really wonderful targeting system. So if you're somebody who's saying promoting a product, promoting even if something really large, like you're promoting a conference or something really large scale, Facebook allows you to advertise and target things to people in a way that you can't really do with other platforms yet. So it's a really one, good one to think about if you've got sort of a really strong story and history behind whatever it is that you're trying to promote and get out there with your voice. The next thing to think about is Pinterest. Pinterest is like the king of all things visual right now. Just in terms of numbers, it's impossible to beat that platform. Everyone seems to be there. Everyone has 10 billion folders and everyone is pinning everything. Um, and I think the most important thing to think about when it comes to Pinterest is that most people are pinning images that are not theirs. I'm not even going to touch the ethical implications of that, but I do think that it's important to let yourself think about this as a place to curate the things you love outside of your own world. I used to feel really strongly that Pinterest was only a place where you should upload your own images and that you should be very careful about all that stuff, but... It's not the way that people are using Pinterest, plain and simple. Pinterest has become a place where people can sort of organize boards, whether they're based of colors or dishes they want to cook at home on the weekend or things they want to read or people they admire. They're just images and they're pulling them together and they're saying, these are things that represent me. And that's exactly how you should use Pinterest. Think about it as a way to group items together that express who you are. I find that in inspirational quotes and things about 
people, sort of larger people in the media, whether they're actors or writers or musicians, those sorts of things really resonate strongly with people on Pinterest. So if you're somebody who feels like you don't really get to fully talk about all the things that are important to you on your blog or talk about them on Instagram, you can talk about them here on Pinterest by grouping them together and adding information under that picture that says, this is why this writer is important to me, or this is why this TED Talk was so important to me. So think about Pinterest as a place to really sort of fully expand that full picture of who you are as a person on the internet. The next thing to talk about is YouTube. And YouTube, I think, is going to be next year what Instagram was this year. YouTube is sort of the quickest growing channel. And I think the creative community hasn't quite capitalized on it yet. Because even though it's sort of large in the how-to community, I feel like it's taken off way more quickly for like beauty and fashion people than it has lifestyle. But YouTube is massive. And the numbers of people there dwarf the numbers of people that are on Pinterest and other applications that we think of as so dominant. So I think going forward, the idea of expressing yourself in video form is going to be incredibly important. But here's something to remember. You do not have to be a video editor. You do not have to have a team of people with professional lighting to make a good video for YouTube. And the reason is there are so many interesting applications that allow you to create moving images that you can upload to YouTube. The reason that that's important to remember is I think most people write off video for this reason. They think, I don't want to express myself in that form because maybe I'm not great on camera or maybe I'm not perfect at public speaking. First of all, it's a great place to practice and people aren't going to judge you for one video that's not 100% perfect. But also, it's a really great way to experiment with things like Flipagram or other applications that let you make very simple moving photographs. So if you're somebody who doesn't feel comfortable in front of a camera, Take some simple stills of what you do or take stills of a project that you've made and find a way to express your voice in a moving format or express yourself by interviewing other people. It's completely okay. The bottom line is that this is going to be a channel that's incredibly important for your voice. So find a way to really think about it. Look around YouTube, take notes about people who you think have interesting YouTube channels or who are sort of experimenting creatively with that and find a way to make that work for your voice. It doesn't have to be overnight, but think about ways that channel can be exciting for you because there is a whole world of people who love what you love, who are on YouTube, who just haven't come over to the the most commonly used platforms of like Pinterest or Twitter or anything like that because they really enjoy videos. So really think long and hard about that flat platform. It's going to be very important going forward. The last one is Foursquare. Foursquare, I think, was sort of very insidery and New York-y for a while. And it was like only this, it seemed like this small community of cool people who all wanted to know where the other cool people were. And for that reason, I don't think it took off in the same way that it was going to. But from everything that I've heard, Foursquare is very much sort of relaunching and rebranding itself as sort of a cooler, hipper version of Yelp, but with a bit more location and tip thrown in there. And they're reaching out to tons of bloggers and tons of brands to try to get more involved with this platform. So I think it's something that's going to start happening more. And if you think about why this is important for your voice, it's more about trying to get in touch with people who care about what you care about, who aren't coming to your blog already. Lots of people are using Yelp and Foursquare when they travel, when they look for cool things, because that's their way of finding information. If you're there and you're getting your voice across and you're getting your opinions across in that channel, it's just another place for them to find you. So if you feel strongly about the restaurants in your town, or if you feel strongly about the museums in a city that you visited, get yourself a platform, set it up, and share your opinions there in a way that's consistent with your voice. I think it's going to be incredibly important going forward. 
So before I wrap up, I wanted to make one quick note about how to get started with trying all of these things on any platform. I think no matter how hard you try, it's kind of like reinventing the wheel over and over again. You're going to try things that most people have already done. Maybe they've already done successfully, especially when it comes to experimenting with photography and composition. Like it or not, right now, some things are just popular and are sort of cool and trending because people are really into that aesthetic right now. And my whole point is there's nothing wrong with trying what other people do that you already admire. So really feel free to experiment with sort of the common themes, the common looks, the common trending items in these platforms in a way that makes sense for you. For example, if people are taking photographs of things they see on their morning walk, there's no reason you can't do that if that sort of speaks to who you are and what your voice is. And it's okay to experiment that with that and see how people how people love that. Here's some things to try out that I think are common but are totally worth doing. The first is hashtag challenges. You can do this on Twitter. You can do this on Pinterest. You can do this on Instagram. Hashtag something either with your own theme or on a common theme that's popular. I mean, off the top of my head, people love to hashtag things Instagram. They love to hashtag dogs of Instagram, cats of Instagram. You can Google popular hashtags and find out a way to jump onto sort of a popular hashtag if you want to try that. The next thing to think about are filters and composition. The biggest one right now is obviously ViscoCam. There's no reason not to experiment with it. If you're somebody who's interested in expressing yourself visually, get out there, try out that filter, try out that photo system, and see how it sort of opens your mind creatively to think about your work in a photographic point of view. The next thing to think about is collaborations. I think that visual mediums are wonderful, but they're even more powerful when you collaborate pe with people who share your vision, who share your point of view. So get out there, see who's interesting, see who resonates with you, and offer to do something with them. Maybe that's a joint column. Maybe that's sort of a themed hashtag that you do together in order to create content and get the community involved in something. Whatever it is, don't be afraid to try something new. Everything out there has probably been done before, and you do not have to completely reinvent things to be interesting, successful, and authentic on the internet. The more that you're getting out there, keeping an open mind and expressing yourself and what you really believe in, the greater chance you have to connect with people who feel the same way. That's the whole point of today's show, and I really hope it's resonated with you, and I'm excited to see all of you online. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.